Hello and welcome to the Cyrus community. This is Business Unusual. We continue with our conversation on the road and this is what God has told us for this season that if you can discover what your road is, what is this thing that he put inside of you so that when you discover it and walk in it, you walk in what we call the rest of God. The place where you come and allow the word of God to lead and guide you so that your life can stop being in toil mm -hmm. or in pain. Or in this place where you're walking and asking yourself, why am I here? What am I here to do? If you discover your road, those questions will go. Now, we continue our conversation. And in relation to the current proceeding word, which is God's commitment to release to us the power to produce wealth. And of course, we say that every time we talk about the road, before we go, go into our conversation, we always want a recap. Yes. We want to know. When we say the road... Just briefly, what does this mean for the person who is joining us for the first time? All right. What is this road? The road, for the best way to put it in context, what I call a working definition mm -hmm. in the context of the time we're in, coming from the story of Moses and the road and God sending him, and today we'll talk a bit about that. The whole idea is that think of the road metaphorically, okay. think of the road symbolically as a picture of a combination of who you really are. Mm -hmm. All right? Meaning your innate talent, that the way God created you, that thing in you that, listen, is unchangeable. God placed it in you when you were born. It cannot be removed. It cannot be altered or added to. That is a God-given structure of who you are. And this is the reference point of God for you. This is When he says you, that's who you are. This rod, we say, and this talent that we have has another component called knowledge. Now, knowledge is in two sets. Before man fell, man had good knowledge. Okay. When man fell, man began to accumulate knowledge, both good and bad. Hmm. And how do we know that? Because that's the first term of the problem with man is in the garden, knowledge of good and evil. So there is what is called kingdom knowledge, but there's also what is called knowledge of good and evil. evil. So your knowledge is only as effective as how much of it you know that is in relation to your talent part-time. Hmm. That's very crucial. Knowledge in relationship to your talent, meaning how do I apply this unique ability that I have? The third component is skills. Skills is now the application itself. Mm -hmm. How do I actually carry it out? It is the doing part, the functioning part, the operational part. In life, we always meet people in the doing part. Oh, yes. And I see also That's what we see. that every time God talks to us, yes. he always leads us to this place of action. Exactly. So even in, when it comes to your talent, you talk yes. about talent, knowledge, and skills. Yes. You'll always notice that at the end point is action. Action. Is doing. Yes. So you cannot be in the kingdom of God saying, I'm pursuing God yes. and I'm pursuing his purposes, but I'm doing nothing. Yes. Or I'm doing what I think I should be doing. Yes. You only do what you think you should be doing if you have not discovered your road. Uh -huh. But you, otherwise, God's in intention for you is to work yes. and operate in your road. Yes, and optimum function cannot separate the three. Mm -hmm. If you have talent and knowledge only, mm. you are not effective. Okay. There's nothing you're doing. You just know. I know I'm a son of God. Mm. I know I'm called. I know there is power to do this. I know, I know, I know. But nothing is getting done. done. Mm. So you can say the kingdom has come, but the will is not being done. <laughs> That's a good one. The, king, <laughs> the kingdom of God is here, but, but the will is not being done. 
And components. when we do the will of God, when we say your will be done, yes. it is being done so that the kingdoms of this world can become yes. the kingdom of our God and his yes. Christ. Exactly. So you are supposed to be in God's timeline where God says in this generation, we moved from this point yes. to this point. Because yes. like we keep saying that we are here on a journey from Genesis to Revelation. Yes. That's where we are. There you go. So we are looking and telling ourselves, in our generation, what will we have crossed? Because uh -huh. right now, we look back into Adam, yes. or rather to Abraham, and yes. the Moses, and the Davids, and we are looking at their lives and saying, you know what? At least they left the baton. There you go. I mean, yes. what are we doing in our So season? you can imagine. Also, if we just take talent and skill, mm -hmm. you become dangerous. Mm. Talent and skill? Because yes. you have no knowledge. Okay. You don't know where to apply or how to apply or when to apply. So you're busy. Yes. But it's like it's like a, a person with a gun. Okay. But does not know what the gun is for. So he's shooting at anything shoot and everything. At everything. Mm. That's dangerous. So there's somebody with a talent. Yes. They're now skilled, the action part. Yes. But they don't have knowledge. Exactly. So they're applying their talent wrong. Exactly. Can you give us an example? Exactly. In any area, whether it's a sport or skill anything. Or anything. Assume assume that I'm a let me, let me give you an example of a picture that may not, we're not talking just about negative, but negative outcomes. Okay. Okay. Let, and, and I'm going to say this very carefully, still respecting their memory. Some of the greatest musicians died from drug overdoses. Mm -hmm. Why? Talent, skill, no knowledge. Mm. They did not know what it was for. Okay. So they applied it. Anyhow, mm. it had great success, but at the cost of their lives. Mm. That's how dangerous not having knowledge. Because, like Bob says, how will they call on whom they do not know? So, it's one thing to know I'm a skilled musician. Mm. It's one thing to know that I'm very effective. I mean, we see this playing out everywhere in what we call the celebrity world. Mm. It's playing out daily. The guy has skills. But the music is amazing. But the character. That comes from knowledge. <laughs> but the words, the terminology, mm. the behavior, yes. the use, the lifestyle comes from knowledge. So that's dangerous. Having knowledge and skill with no talent, that's also dangerous. I think most people, that's where they are. Yeah. Where you are gathering any kind of knowledge. Yes, and you're trying to apply it and you always are not successful because mm. you are not... And let me tell you, this is what we get in the, one of the place we get this a lot is what we call in the corporate arena. In the corporate arena, people study to move up the ladder. Mm. So you acquire knowledge and skills. In fact, you're told what you need is skills. Mm. What you need is skills. So you have a uh, knowledge yes. in this thing that you think that yes. if I get this, I'll, I'll be up, exactly. upgraded, isn't exactly. it? You reach a place of frustration because you are created to operate in your rod, yes. not in a rod, exactly. your rod. Exactly. And why are we saying this? Because when you reach this place where you're feeling like, yes, I have mm -hmm. money. Yes. You know, there are people who don't believe mm -hmm. that you reach a place where money is not what you're looking for. Exactly. You're like, you, I have everything around me, but there's still a void in yes. me. And what is that? Is when you know... You, when you don't know that you're not operating in your role, in who you're created to be. And frustration comes also when I look at you and feel, you might not have money like me. Yeah. But you know what? You seem like you're operating in your road. Exactly. So, not having the road, there's a void in you that is crying out to be filled. Yes. Yeah. And then the, the, the worst dimension about the knowledge and skills mm -hmm. part, mm -hmm. that is the ultimate design of Babylon. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. Mm. Not it's the ultimate design. Okay. That is why in, that, in, in, in Babylon, we ask you what you are, not who you are. Mm. Because the who is found in talent. Yes. The what is found in, in, in skills mm. and in knowledge. So you go and acquire skills. Now, the skills you're acquiring and the knowledge you're acquiring for a certain position simply means you're going to be the counterfeit of that person. Mm. You're going to be the best counterfeit. It's like, what, what, is a, what is a counterfeit note? A counterfeit note has all the information correct, all the numbers correct, okay. everything except it's not authorized. Mm. It does not come from source, therefore the denomination it has given itself is false. You got the picture? Mm. It can call itself a hundred dollars. Can call itself anything. And if you don't know the original, yes. you fall for it. And why this is dangerous to me, mm -hmm. even the first part is not as dangerous. Okay. Because talent and skill, you will make mistakes and begin to query yourself. Mm. Okay? Knowledge but and skill. knowledge and skills is deadly because that's exactly how you'll end up with somebody on the pulpit preaching with powerful knowledge, very skillful and lives are not changing. Mm. Because what is missing? The authorization. Authorization, the seal of God is talent. Because mm -hmm. the intent of God yes. is when you listen to his word, yes. you get knowledge yes. that will cause you to go and have, give you an instruction yeah. that will change your life. Exactly. Meaning, when you look at your life today, this here I'm talking to TCC, mm -hmm. when you look at your life, is any, have you heard a word or have you received knowledge that has caused you mm. to hear an instruction exactly. that you worked on yes. and your life is changing. Exactly. Now, if you've not reached there yet, we go back and say, stop. Our work here is to bring knowledge. Yes. Is to bring a word, a knowledge that was kept in God's book for such a time as this. Exactly. Now you receive an instruction. That instruction should make your life easier. Actually, that's the best word. I found a very good word. Mm. Should make your life easier. That's you it. should not say I'm operating on an instruction from God, but I'm toiling. I'm there sweating. I'm confused. I just don't know you and your neighbor who does not know God. There's no difference. Yes. So you must know that when you talk about having a rod, is where you realize. Wait a minute. My life is smooth. There's how my life is simple. You know. Yeah. And that's why today I'll ask maybe for our conversation today. Mm. Why do we have a rod? Why do we have a rod? Why is it even important? I think it has to begin in the mind of God. Because if we try to look around us to get an answer, we'll get lost. The reason we have a rod is that we're supposed to fulfill the purposes of God in the earth. Mm. We're supposed to fulfill the purposes of God now. in the earth. Now to bring that, it simply means, let me explain that because again, we have a habit of creating God in our own image. Some people will believe fulfilling the purposes of God in the earth is certain activities. Okay? <laughs> no, no, no. Fulfilling the purposes of God in the earth is not activities, even though it is taken through activities. activities yes. It is to bring the full manifestation of the kingdom of God to the earth. Mm. And Jesus said in his prayer, your kingdom come, come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Mm. Guys, in heaven it is settled. So, we're not going to try to add anything to heaven. Mm -hmm. It is the earth that requires this reality. Now, full manifestation of a kingdom in the earth, that word is huge because it means everything. That's God intended. It means economy, mm -hmm. it means family, it means uh, agriculture, life, everything. Mm -hmm. So, in God's eyes, the current way you're seeing the earth does not carry his nature, his image, his likeness, or his intents. Mm. So your rod 
is your unique contribution to bringing that manifestation within your jurisdiction. That means that your rod brings a unique um, acceleration to that reality in the area or jurisdiction God has given you. So each of us together, bringing that together, ultimately opens up the reality because that is God's reality. I mean, we see it in the scripture, it says, and the knowledge of the glory of God shall cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. So that gives us some insight. Okay. It gives us insight that our rod by nature mm -hmm. requires power that is out of this world. Well, <laughs> so when you talk about today's conversation and say, why do we have a rod? Yes. The rod requires power that is, cannot be found around you. No. You know what I notice when you talk about this? That every time you have a kingdom conversation, it always leads you to your father. So that you ask yourself, yes, I've been talking about the rod and I've been talking about this. Never ever think you'll discover the rod. We're not talking about discovering your yeah. just talent and operating. No. Discovering why you were created and why you're here for such a time as this, minus God. Yes. Because when hmm. you talk about the power of the rod, that power, like you've said yes. powerfully, yes. that power is not from here. It cannot be. Let's put it this way. If any, any basic science will tell you, to change the composition of something mm -hmm. that already exists, you have to bring something from outside it to make the change. I like what you've said, that the rod by nature yes. requires power that is not from this world. That just tells you the truth. The power by nature, I mean by the rod by yeah, nature. By nature. It's nature tells you that there's no way that which we are saying you are supposed to come and accomplish cannot be accomplished by the way you are even though you are created for it. It requires something from outside hmm. to make it move, hmm. to move any object. This object will remain inanimate until I apply an external force. So when God says, I will give you power yes. to create wealth, yes. he's already telling you. It's, the source is not here. The source is not in our realm or the realm that we see. When we say we're in this world, not of this world, we're actually saying in this world we will operate, but by a power yes. that is coming from another exactly. source. And that's our Father, that's exactly. our God. Yeah. And that's going to be very important. Once you get that, it then tells you mm -hmm. that for us to go further, we've described the road, we've broken it down, we've dealt with so many things and we'll continue to do that. But now we have to ask ourselves, what is the source of its power? Mm. What is the source of the yeah. power of the Lord? There has to be a source. Oh, yes. Because... Prior to Moses' conversation, the rod was just a rod. Mm. So the power of the, of the rod did not come from Moses. Mm. That's so clear. when he had an interaction with God, and God tells him, what is in your hand? Yes. This God, who is asking you, TCC, what is in hmm. your hand? He is telling you, listen, whatever I put in you mm. can only be activated by a power mm. from another source. Yes. So our connection, our connection to God, our source, he is the one with the power. Exactly. We have to stay connected. So, so for our comprehension, let us rephrase God's question. Okay. Do you know what is in your hand? Mm. Not what is in your hand. Half the time we don't know. We don't know. So, <laughs> so the re and when God asks you a question, he's not ignorant. Mm. You are ignorant. So when he's asking you what is in your hand, it's not... Um, I'm having a phone. No. The question is, what is in your hand? Do you know the power in that thing you're holding? Yes. Do you know what it can do? Do you know that is why I created you? Do you know in one question? So God is not just asking you, what is in your hand? 
uh, a road. No, no. Let's, let's even take it naturally. Okay. If you are carrying something and I ask you, do you know what you're carrying? Mm. What am I implying? Do you know the power? Do you I'm know implying you I know something that you don't about <laughs> what you are carrying that you don't know. Mm. And that time is not when you tell God, ah, now let me tell you I have a rod. <laughs> and this rod I've been operating it, and you say, hey, I have a rod. Allow yes. him to define it. Yes. Allow God to define you. So, as we continue to paint now this picture of the source of the power of the Lord, there are some key things we need to put in our mind. Okay. One key thing is that God will never require anything of his creation that he did, he did not already build into them. Mm. God will not require anything, and I'm saying creation, leave alone man. Mm. He will not require anything of creation that he did not put in them. Mm. God will not require heat from the sun if he didn't put mm. it there. He will not. Jesus cast a fig tree because by requirement mm, it's supposed to have fruit. Do you understand the principle? So God, listen, this is a powerful statement in the sense that when God requires something from you He, he knows it's there. He already put it in you. When God says <laughs> what is in your hand, there is a rod, there is something I created in you. He cannot make a demand if yes. he did not. Yes. Otherwise he will not be God. Yes. You know. And I can say this without fear of contradiction. Okay. You already have what you need to be who you are. Hmm. I will repeat. Please do. And if you can, please rewind, rewind. <laughs> you already have what you need to be who you are. Okay. Now notice there's a catch on words I'm dealing with. You already have not what you need for success. Mm. Now the motivating people will tell you. No, they're right too. But the real question is what do they mean by that? You already have what you need, need to be who you are. Jesus put it this way. The kingdom of God is within you. Okay, let's sit on that statement. <laughs> you already have what you need to be who you are. Hmm. We did not say. Hmm. You already have <laughs> all the money you need mm -mm. to become who you are supposed mm -mm. to be. Now that definition is what we are trying to That's kill when it. you talk about the rod. Mm. That the rod, when you talk about Moses and say, what is in your hand? Yes. The rod. Now, you need to go and tell Pharaoh, mm -hmm. I need my people to get out. Mm -hmm. Alright? Mm -hmm. Now, in you mm -hmm. is everything you need yes. to do that thing I've told exactly. you. All right? Exactly. These externals mm -hmm. of how will he go? Those days were no cars, so they were donkeys. Yes. Externals of donkeys and the food he will eat on his way there. The bed he will sleep on, leave that out. Exactly. This thing you have inside of you will attract those things. The problem is when our people today are putting their eyes on the bed and the donkeys and the water to drink and the food out thinking of that, looking in and that they think that outer thing yes. is what will make you or make your road prosper every outer thing you see is a manifestation of an inner thing hmm. simple answer okay you wait. want to change what is out yeah change what is it stop go back to your statement again say yes. it again yes that i'll call it today our, our past statement yes today. every outer thing you see is a picture of something already resident in hmm. So there is no existence of an outer thing without an inner reality. Mm. So you hear that? You already have what you need to be who you are. Yeah, that you thing inside of you, when Jesus was born, inside of him hmm. was everything he required to hmm. be who he's supposed to be in That's the it. earth. He came 
to be the king, isn't mm -hmm. it? Now, this Jesus who is born, when he is born, he will attract everything he requires. Mm. So this attraction out here, when you talk about it, I will repeat again, when you talk about the house you live in, mm. the car you drive, the school your kids will go, the job you will do, the business that you will do, those things will be attracted by what is inside of That's you. It. So most of us are looking for those things. <laughs> and they are trying to judge their role yes. with externals. Let me give you a picture to help you. We are, we, are, we are so used to reverse pyramids in our life that we don't see pictures. Let me explain. If today anybody, average Christian people, if you tell them draw man, the three parts of man, they'll draw a physical man, they'll put the soul inside him, and then they'll put the spirit inside there. It's an inverse picture. The spirit is the largest part. The soul is larger than the body. The body is the smallest. And it's only the body yes. that has, has boundaries. Exactly. It is your the most limited. It's the most so limited. the material is the most limited. <laughs> Yet that's where we think that's our that's all I'm looking for. Material is measurement of soul, hmm. is measurement of spirit. So stop looking at the measurement and go and change the measure. Hmm. If you change so the measure, the, the spirit, measurement. So when measure. you talk about the spirit and you say yes. in the spirit is yes. where God speaks to you. That's, that's why it. we say as we speak, mm -hmm. we ask you what are you hearing? Not with these ears. What is your spirit hearing your father say? Mm. Because when your father speaks, there are no boundaries. Yes. When God tells you this is who I created you to be and you can only be, when you say that there are boundaries of where you can operate, the boundaries are set by his word, mm. not by your ge geographical location. So when we say in God there are no boundaries, we are simply saying there is nothing that you cannot do, only you're limited by his word, exactly. not by material things. Yes. Okay? So when you say that the spirit yes. is the largest, yes. and that's where we should be operating. We have a habit of chasing the slowest part of us, oh, the physical. the physical. So most of us are stuck in the physical because the, the devil is part saying, of the human being. when the devil comes, he says, can you turn these stones to bread? And God, <laughs> Jesus is looking and saying, listen. Says you're talking about bread, I'm talking about man living. Oh. Man lives outside of the limit of that bread. Yes. That's a very small portion. That one you eat today, tomorrow you're hungry. Mm. The one that man lives with produces that one. Mm. Wrong picture. You see, when the enemy comes, he will always talk to you from the external, from the least, mm. from the smallest, the material. Yes. He will always show you like this is all you're looking for. Because when you ask many people, why do you work? I work because I want to get a house, my own house, my own focus, and I want kids, and I want a husband, a wife, and I want... Look at the things you're talking about. Nobody says, listen, is there a way I can be operating that whenever I need something, it comes? It is time for it. It is time period. for it. Can you imagine living like that? Yeah, yeah. Because there's a posture. And that's why David uses oh. the terms that we kept doing. That, yeah. And this, my soul, knows. knows. Notice where the knowledge is? Hmm. Knows well. Don't just, 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 doesn't just know it. Knows, knows well. Too well. That's the principle. So, to give you an example, throughout Moses' en encounter with Pharaoh in Egypt is where Moses learned what God had built into him. <laughs> As he interacted with Egypt is when Moses realized, I carry this. And he, you, know, you know, listen guys. Um, and let me just put this in now, okay. that may be useful, mm -hmm. that why we talk about there's a difference between he called some and others. If you go study Moses and Aaron, okay, God asked Moses about his rod, right? Yes. And Moses used his rod. If you go and study the plagues, Moses 
told Aaron, cast your rod. And when Aaron cast his rod, it activated. What had just happened? What had become of Moses? That he can now activate mm. your rod. Actually, he's standing in the place of God now. Because the same thing God told him, cast yes. it down. Now, yes. he's the one who is telling. So, now, that's what we are asking. So, so, why I'm sharing that is that I was praying and preparing this. One of the things God said is that if truly you're functioning in a grace, you should activate people's rods. Mm. Mm. And that's what we're trying to do. To make sure, like Moses, even as our rod comes at you, mm. your rod is released and it does that. Through. Can you repeat that? Yes. This is our rod. As our if rod. You're going to look for our rod through. out there, you know? <laughs> so as yes. this rod as comes, we release this mm, rod that is endued with power from heaven. Yes. When that rod hits you, you cast your rod. And that environment shifts. And that is where we say that in the kingdom of God, yes. God never stops with you. No. He expects you to go to a place of affecting uh, yes. others. Yes. Your rod will affect somebody yes. else. It is just it just becomes the ripple effect with you exactly. just activating your yes. rod. Okay? That's powerful. Yeah. That's so now powerful. we want to today kind of almost camp a little mm -hmm. with Moses where we began. And look at his interaction and the process of his rod moving from just being a rod yes. to being endued with power. When you talk about now his action, yes. so Moses in action. Moses in action, Moses operational. So <laughs> what if you call this message Moses in action? <laughs> Moses in action is 40 years, eh? operational oh, yes. with a rod. Oh, yeah. That's how powerful it is. So the process begins with Moses having an encounter with God where God gives Moses a proceeding word based on a prophetic word. And I'm going to be very specific because those two terms by TCC should be familiar terms. Oh, yes. They should be normal to us. Mm. He begins dealing with Moses with what? A proceeding word. He gives Moses what? A proceeding, a proceeding word. Your rod gets activated by what? A, a proceeding. proceeding word that is based on a prophetic word. Okay. Jesus said, hmm. man shall not live on bread alone, but yes. by every word that, that proceeds. proceeds. That's what we call the proceeding word. Yes. The word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Yes. And Jesus said it so clear, and yeah. this is Jesus the creator. Hmm. Man lives if you want to Your live, life. not to survive, yes. not to toil. If not you to want thrive. to live and thrive in the earth, you live on a proceeding word. Yes. Meaning in every conversation, in every walk with God, you are asking, what is God saying to me? Because I want to hear the proceeding word which causes me to live. Yes. Not to survive or to. Yes. So now we're going to look at something. We're going to look at, look at Exodus 3.7 and this is the proceeding word now. So I'm going to break down proceeding word and prophetic. and prophetic word. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from the land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Now, listen, That's a proceeding one. listen very carefully. Mm -hmm. God is telling Moses, as we stand here, I have seen. So who is starting the whole process? Again, we see God initiating this whole He's activity. initiating the process. Not Moses. Moses did wake up one day and say, I'm tired of being here. It's time to go and fix things. <laughs> Something is wrong where you're coming from. Yeah. I will not be sitting here endlessly. <laughs> he didn't motivate himself. <laughs> God, come now. Come now. We are going to... to deal with those guys. Yeah. 
So a strange thing is, God comes and then God starts the conversation very well. And I want you to follow this conversation okay. because today we're going to autocorrect one issue we always have when we wonder why God doesn't seem to respond to our prayer. Mm-hmm. Okay? Notice this. God is the one saying, I have seen, I have witnessed, I will do, I will take them out, I will bring them to, who is doing everything? God. So far, so good. God will do whatever he says. I, know, I like how we say it. What God can do? No man can do. <laughs> you might query that statement by the end of today. Yeah. So, by just casually looking at this conversation, it is very easy to draw the wrong conclusion. Mm. Mm. The conclusion would be, God is responding to a crisis. Mm. The people have cried, I have heard the cry, and therefore I have come. And we've even preached this. But you know what? God heard the cry of the people, and God responded to the cry. So let's cry to God. My friend, God And we have cried. Mm. I mean, okay, the things we do in church. <laughs> let's cry. Because when they cried, God responded. But yes. I think like you're saying, yeah. here we see God talking to Moses, and, yes. and I love how you put it. Yeah. This is a proceeding word. He's yes. telling Moses something. Yes. Moses, this is your proceeding word. If you don't connect a proceeding word to a prophetic word, mm. you will draw the wrong conclusion. Yeah. So, without prophetic insight, you basically say, you know what, there's a problem in Egypt. God has shown up. And no matter what you're going through, we shall call out to God today. <laughs> and God will respond the way he responded to Moses. No. Let's get some prophetic insight. Moses did not call God. Yes. Moses did not pray. Yes. Let's check God appeared to him. Exactly. And he's revealing to Moses the present situation. Okay? And how he's going to fix it. Can I ask a question here? Yes. God comes and tells Moses, I have heard, because this is what yes. we read here, yeah, yeah. I have come down mm. to deliver them because I have heard yes. their cry. Yes. Did Moses hear the cry? There you go. Moses has no clue what God is saying. Like, oh, there are people somewhere crying. Yes. Moses is not in their midst. And that's what we yes. said in the last conversation, that God did not take a slave to get slaves mm. out. Mm-hmm. He called someone who is outside. Outside of that scope. And it also confirms the yes. statement you said earlier today, yes. that the power will always come from outside. From outside. Not from and within. And if you were in Egypt, mm-hmm. where he has heard the cry, yes. he wasn't responding to the cry. Mm. If God wasn't responding to a crisis, but is giving a proceeding word. And we say you have to connect a proceeding word to a prophetic, prophetic. word. Yeah. What was a prophetic word? Now to do this, we have to go and look at a conversation that God is having with Abram. Not yet even Abraham. Abram. He's still Abram. Look at how far ago. In fact, it's 400 plus years because we know they were here for 400 years. So this could even have been 450, 500 years, years before. We don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay. So God is having a conversation with Abraham. And in that conversation, certain key things come out. Then he said to Abram, Know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs, and will serve them, and they will afflict them 400 years. And also the nation whom they serve, I will judge. After they shall, after, afterward, they shall come out with great possessions. Now as for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace. You shall be buried at a good old age. But in the fourth generation, they shall return here. For the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. Okay. So, this conversation is held 500 years, maybe 450, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's a long time. In fact, when this conversation is being held, they have not gone to Egypt 
Have they even appeared? Can you imagine how serious this is? This is Abraham. There's even no Isaac. There is no Jacob. Abraham has no children. God is already talking about them. Yes, that his descendants. <laughs> okay? So the prophetic word has already established a timeline that in the fourth generation, which means Abraham, mm -hmm. Isaac, Jacob, after Jacob. God is already telling them. They will be there, they will be oppressed, and they will return. So, so when he's telling Moses, I've heard the cry of my people, this is the cry he's hearing today of a conversation he had with Abraham over 500 years it's ago. It's just a marker point of what he said. He said they will go, they will be oppressed. I will judge. How many things is God telling Abraham? Mm. Remember, so I found you to notice God keeps saying who will do it. So God is telling us, mm. the people I'm talking to you about, Abraham, mm. they're not born. Mm -mm. But I know this generation. Yes. When they come, yes. they will go. Yes. When they go there, they mm -hmm. will miss their time of coming out. So God is not showing us the missings that uh, the Israelites will have. He's, he's giving us the result. How his covenant will remain. I said to you, I will bless you and make you a blessing. I hope guys have heard Every that. Every detour <laughs> I will correct. I hope you've heard that. <laughs> he's telling he Now, you know, because somebody could be asking, okay, wait. Are you telling us God prophesied these people into captivity? Into? No. God is telling Abraham, let me tell you your journey after you're gone. Yes. Years after you're gone. Mm -hmm. These your people, they will go into a place. Yes. In that place, yeah. their detours will happen. But I will come and bring them back. In fact, let, me, let me story tell for you. Okay. That's when you load TCC, all our stories are connected. When yeah. you talk giants, they are connected. When you talk Cyrus, <laughs> there's no separation. Mm -hmm. Storytelling time. Okay. God is saying to Abraham, listen, let me tell you something. You will be great. Oh, yes. You will have many descendants. Yes, yes. But four generations from now, your great-grandson, Jacob, his children will become a nation. That nation I'm talking about. That nation will end up in another nation. When they go to that nation, some crazy people will take over their territory. Alright? And those people, he mentions them by name. They will oppress them. The Jebusite. The the, no, the, oh, the, that's the ones the, who will occupy okay. the land. Yes. Where they will go, they will be oppressed. I'm giving you all the stories together. Okay. Then he says, but in the fourth generation, I will go to Egypt. Who is talking? God. I, and there's a reason I'm insisting God, <laughs> I will go to Egypt. I will deal with them. I will handle that nation. I will de destroy it. Then I will bring them back here where we are talking. In the fourth generation. Because mm. this land is blessed. Yes. Here they will see everything. I will wipe out all these people and I will bring them back. So hear that conversation. Now connect that conversation to the conversation with Moses. You know what is interesting? Verse 16 says, <laughs> but in the fourth generation, yes. they shall return here. God is telling you, we are standing here. Yes. They shall go. And they shall return. To a good land, a land of milk and honey. There you go. Like you're saying, yeah. all the conversations come together. Because if you see here, we've already dealt with the giants. God already told you there will be giants so, there in their absence. So do you see the connection with the power to create wealth? Okay. Because God had begun the story here. He said, I will give them this land. So now when they're exiting that land, he says, I'll give you the power to produce wealth. Why? To establish the covenant. I established with who? I've just shown you the conversation. There's a conversation. So, proceeding word that is connected to a prophetic, prophetic word. word. Okay. That's the key. Yeah. So, what is God telling you? He's telling you, I have a primary plan called the kingdom. The things I will do, I will do. There may be detours. There may be oppressions. There may be this. But when the time comes, mm -hmm. I have got my sleeper agents. 
Mm. For those who watch movies, a sleeper agent is somebody who remains unknown until the right time, but they are fully trained for what they are going to do. Mm. So, one day, in that descendant, there's one I will give a thing called a rod. Mm. That, now let, I'm going ahead of myself. So, so far, God has repeatedly said, He will do all, all this. this. I will go, I will destroy, I will bring them back. When it starts with Moses, where does it start? I have heard, I am going to punish. I am going to deliver them. I am going to free them. And so far Moses is enjoying the conversation. Oh yes. God is going to do amazing things. Mm -hmm. Then the twist comes. Let's look at Exodus 3, 9 to 10. Now therefore behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me. Mm. And I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Mm. Come now therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh, mm. that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. I thought God said he would do it. After we now, must learn how to hear the language of this God. This is the key to a rod. Hmm. That God, 500 years before time, says he will do something in the earth. Okay. That time comes, he tells Moses, the thing I promised, I'm about to do it. Mm. And he tells him how powerful it is, and he says, oh, by the way, I meant you will do it. Now come, <laughs> I'll send you. Yes. Can you imagine God telling you, I'll send you? I say, oh, yes, Lord. Yeah. TCC, that's where we are right now. When you say you we see. are discovering our road, it's because God is repeating that yes. statement to us. Come, and I will send you. Yes. Oh, yes. What does that tell you? Whenever God says he will do a thing in the earth, mm. what is he really saying? He's talking to us. He's talking to That's us. That's it. This is the picture. Now, how does he <laughs> carry out the things he said he will do? It's good to say God is able to do everything he said. He will do. It's a nice song. Mm -hmm. ah, you're singing about yourself. <laughs> that God said he will do through me. He's faithful to do. Wow. Wow. Through man, mm -hmm. God is not going to change the order of operation. So when we talk about the different um, arenas, yes. God says, in that place, that space, yes. I need a man. So I'm going to do, and he tells us this beautiful thing, I want the kingdoms of this earth yes. to become the kingdoms of our God. And his Christ. How? Through you. Now, you are the one who will change the environment. changing point, mm -hmm. which I don't know how to take it out of my spirit and put it in yours is to tell you that your rod is not about you. <laughs> your rod carries power beyond you. Wow. Your rod is what God committed to do. Mm. He's the one who said, I'll do it. If God says he's going to produce, by prosperity, he'll spread his cities abroad. By increase, he'll bring changes. Mm. By transformation, he will. When he says, I'll give you power to produce wealth, he's talking about himself. Mm. What he is about to do. Yes. But he does it through you. Mm. So how you start debating, is it time for wealth? Are you debating God? So, you're telling God not Moses to do what he has decided to, to story, do. He told Moses, I have had the cry and I want to go there and judge. That nation I will judge. Yes. He already told Abraham yes. the same thing. I will judge. Yes. Now, I want to do this and I will bring them out to a good land. Milk yes. and honey. I will do it. I will it. do it. And he says, go. You do Now, it. you when he tells you, go, you certainly listen. I've yeah. never seen a land of milk and, and honey. And that is okay, why stop. Moses began debates. We must stop and through Moses' life, learn how not to argue with God and say, okay, wait. So you are telling me, you're calling me into the fashion industry. Mm -hmm. You're calling me into the music industry. You're calling me into the minerals and all this. So you're telling me when, there, when I go there, it is you through Thank me. Thank you. Why would I argue? 
Did you remember? Did you hear starting by saying that we want to walk in that place called the rest mm -hmm. of God? Moses, when he walked into Egypt, he was walking in the rest of God. Listen, and a strange thing happens. God says, "I will go and destroy." Right? Mm -hmm. Now the scripture says, and, Mo and God then says to Moses, "You shall be a god unto Pharaoh." So God is still going to do it. Oh yes. The way the wave that will hit them, only God can do that. Mm. The way you will manifest among them, only a God, for lack of a better term, mm. can function like so that. So when God sends us, he tells you where you're going. Yes. What is to be a God? You are a God. You in are that area, if you're told you're going to be a God in that yes. area, you are the source when it comes to that. Yes. People will come to you and ask you of ways how to do yeah, this. Yeah, you do it. Now, the, let me say something about God. Mm. To show you about detours and journeys and everything. That God, when he says he'll do something, he prefers to do it with us, but he's not limited to us. Mm -hmm. Let me say that again. Yes. God prefers to do it to us, with us, but he's not limited to us. Mm. Meaning, his purposes go beyond our reactions, our rebellion, or our reasoning. So we cannot come and say we are the sons of God and he must use us to change the nations. What? God tells you that's what I would wish. Yes. But because man is man, when you talk to them they tell you they is tamma. Hmm. God tells you, listen, I'll find a man. Yeah. Not a Christian yes. man. A man. And listen, when we say God is looking for a man, the man is not looking for God. Okay, wait. That <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> He's the one looking. He will decide when he finds. So we can't sit down here and say, Lord, are you looking for somebody yeah, today? Yeah, yeah, use me. It doesn't work like that. I know it sounds beautiful. It sounds so wonderful when you say, Lord, here I am, use me. Well, no. He knows what he's looking for. God is not so stuck mm. that he doesn't have enough people. Listen, Jesus said in our last conversation, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send laborers. He didn't say, go and look for laborers to volunteer for this assignment. Hmm. Pray to him to send. So he the sends. one who knows. What is he doing with are. Moses now? Is Moses looking for an assignment? When he went to send um, Elijah to give yes. him his assignment, yes. he told Elijah, there are 7,000 others. I know them. There you go. Neither are they coming to him to say, Lord, send yes. me. Tell me if Moses was out praying every day looking for a way back. Hmm. Tell me, listen guys, when you begin to understand the sovereignty of God, why, why I'm saying this is because the next scripture we're going to look at is going to bring a whole new thinking into your mind. Yeah. Because we have this thing, this crazy irrational fear in the Christian world. Mm -hmm. All the Muslims are increasing, the Indians are increasing. God is not limited to the numbers of Christians <laughs> in the earth. God works with man. Listen. God is so sovereign that Daniel is sent to Babylon, right? Sent to Babylon. Yet, how did he go? Captured. Thank you. When he arrives, it is called the book of Daniel, not the book of Babylon. Hmm. Not the book of Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah. Yet, every activity happening... There is a king, a ruler, mm. there is a nation, and Daniel is not the head of that nation. Mm. Yet the book is the book of Daniel. Daniel. <laughs> Please understand God's model. I think when you talk about the complexity of God's sovereignty, yes. that's what you're saying. 
Uh, when you sit down and say, yes. listen, we cannot box God yes. and tell him how to work. Neither mm. can we go to him with an understanding of you're looking for a man here, yeah, amuse me, and in fact, even accuse him. By the way, yes. I'm so available. Why are you using me? me? No, it's not availability. <laughs> God designed people to function in a particular way. Mm -hmm. You cannot pray for a new design. Mm. You cannot pray to God to place you in a new posture, yes. you only ask God how he placed you to function at your optimum. Hmm. I hope you heard what I said. You cannot pray and say, God, I'd like to go and do. It doesn't work like that. God says, I created you to do. That's what obedience is. By the way, there are many people in the ministry of disobedience. Hmm. Hmm. Doing yeah. great things. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes we think when he said, He'll say to some, I did not know you. We think he's talking about bad people. And he's talking about unbelievers. Wicked people acted, who are trying to be Christians. Who acted like Christians. Talking about Christians who went into jurisdictions that were not sentient. So when he says he calls some, or he tells you you have yeah. a rod, and he tells you, okay, listen, we cast out demons mm. in your name. Now let's ask ourselves a question. I, I mean, look at Matthew 7.22. Yes. Yeah, where they say, when they come to him, 22... 23, 22, 23, yeah. where he, they come and say, we cast out demons in your name. Mm -hmm. Now, do you realize that demons that were cast out actually they left? <laughs> we healed in your name. Do you realize people got healed? Yet Jesus is saying, you workers of iniquity or you lawlessness. Lawless uh, lawless people. Yeah, you're not sinners. You're lawless. Let me explain the difference. <laughs> there are many lawless Christians. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, to be lawless uh, is to operate outside of parameter. It does not mean to be a bad person. So this is your rod. This yeah. is where God... You remember we said that your jurisdiction is yes. defined by the word of God. Yes. So the word has told you, stay in this. But you've decided, Lord, you're not understanding. There mm -hmm. are some people who are drowning somewhere. Let me go and save them. There are others lawless. who are you're lawless. But mm -hmm. what you're doing, mm -hmm. it's good in the eyes of men. It's but great. in the eyes of God, is like, my yeah. friend, he said something. Great. Um, go away. Yes. I never knew you. He's not embracing them. So That's why? Sad. That's sad. Why were the miracles still happening mm -hmm. even though you are lawless? lawless? Why? Because his name carries its own power with or without you. Hmm. So you're talking about God yes. uses man. Uses man. Not necessarily his son. Yes. No, yeah. Okay. So, so I said he prefers to work with, with us yeah. in our context. Mm -hmm. I'm very careful with in our context, okay. but he's not limited to us. And yes. I want us to look at a scripture that proves that God has got workers that we do not think are workers. Jeremiah 27, 6. Mm -hmm. Now I have given all these lands into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, my servant. And I have given him also the beasts of the earth to serve him. The king of Babylon, whose servant? God's. The king of Babylon, my servant. Mm -hmm. And, and I have given him also the beasts of the field to serve him. Yes. Now what is crucial to understand here is that he calls him servant and not son. Mm. So God to function is not limited to sons. Mm. Mm. He also has servants. Wow. Just like the story of the prodigal, he said in my father's house, even the servants, servants live well. But there's a difference between a son and a servant. Those things are very important. Okay. And, uh, and just for us to see this is not a one-time occurrence in Scripture. Let's look at another Scripture where God again talks about 
the king of Babylon. Ezekiel 29:18 to 20. Son of man, Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon, caused his army to labor against Tyre. Every head was made bald and every sh- shoulder rubbed raw. Yet neither he nor his army received wages from Tyre for the labor which they expended on it. Therefore thus says the Lord God, Surely I will give the land of Egypt to Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon. He shall take away her wealth, carry off her spoil, and remove her pillage, and that will be the wages of his army. I have given him the land of Egypt for his labor because they worked for me, says the Lord God. So it's interesting. We said earlier, what did he say? Nebuchadnezzar is what? His servant. So servants get paid. <laughs> sons get inheritance. Wow, wow, wow. Sons, sons, sons get paid. Sons get inheritance. Simple. Sons get inheritance. There you go. As a son, hmm. if you're looking to be paid, I have been doing this. Therefore, I, how come things are not working? Don't pay me, Lord. Hmm. What is saying? Inheritance is like paid. Yes. And that was the problem with the two sons, the prodigal son. All these days I have labored for you. You have never given me a good, thinking like a servant. I think that's the mentality of many in the church today. Hmm. And when I say many in the church, globally if you go, you're like, you know what? I have not seen this and that and that. God is not paying me. God is saying inheritance. And what is the difference between pay and inheritance? There's a big difference. Pay has to do with labor. Okay. So like we said, God is not limited. If he wants to do a thing in the earth, Listen very carefully. When God says he seeks a man, he's looking for a son. When he says he wants to do a thing, he can use servants. Mm. Mm. Okay? But what we do is sonship. Our manifestation is different. It has inheritance. He said, I will go and give them the land. That is inheritance. I will give, give them. They have not worked for it. Okay? When it comes to, to Nebuchadnezzar, he's telling Ezekiel, son of man, prophet, this is what I'm going to do. Prophesy it. I will pay. Why? Why is it important? Because the things that Nebuchadnezzar have done have lined up with a kingdom idea. Mm. His destruction of Egypt, his dealing with Tyre, his doing all those things were in line with prophetic words that mm. God had spoken. Oh, yes. So he gets paid. So let me tell you people, be very careful who you think is working for God and who is not in the nations. Mm. There are some servants today causing upheaval in the nations. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> But their sons... God will not be stranded. Yes. So when the upheaval is activated, it produces inheritance. Yeah. Sons don't get involved with upheaval. Servants do. Mm. Sons get involved with inheritance. inheritance. Now you can understand why Moses now began having a debate with God. If you reject the story. <laughs> because God, all along you've been telling me, you will do, you will do. And you now you're do, telling you me, now it is all me. that massive thing you're saying that I was so excited about. It is me. I love that idea. In other words... How are we when we hear God can do great things? God can make you great. This is a season for prosperity. We will grow. We will, even in the natural, material part of it, will be amazing. And you say, God, amen, hallelujah. Then he says, I want you to do it. <laughs> like, God, no, no, that was not what you said. I think also, let's bring it home to TCC. When <laughs> yes. God says, I will give you power to create wealth. Yes. I'll give you power. And you're like, yeah, this power must should mm. just land on us and things happen. Then God says, that power, I need responsibility. I need yes. you to work it out. And you're like, okay, stop. You didn't tell me I'm going to work. I thought power, when it hits me, just things just happen. Yes. And God is saying, listen. You need to do something. You need to acquire knowledge. You need skills. You need yes. to discover your time. Like, okay, Lord, you didn't tell me this power involved work. <laughs> I don't want work, you know? Yes. Same thing with Moses. Yeah. 
So what was important though is this conversation with God and Moses. Mm -hmm. That is the conversation we've been having with you for maybe six months now. Yeah. Is basically <laughs> God taking you from the place of argument and reasoning and saying, by the way, remember I began by saying, I will do it. Mm -hmm. You are just my vehicle. Stop debating me. Mm, it is not you. I only need a man in the earth. You position, let me do my thing. Mm. So we it cannot fail. When every time we are having conversations like this, it's yes. like God is systematically reprogramming yes. our thinking, or let's say what you can call rewiring us, so that we can be able to handle or to even to embrace yes. the proceeding word that yes. He's given us. Because when you look at that instruction, you're like, okay, this instruction and me. So God is saying, listen, the conversations we've been having, like you're saying, over yeah. six months, yeah, yeah. we're talking about the road. We're talking yes. about God taking us to a land, a land flowing with milk mm. and honey. But in this process, every conversation is God reprogramming you. Yes. How do you think? How do you receive the word? How do you see God? How do you interpret life god Absolutely. is adjusting us so that's why we are so strong on the prophetic word yes the season we're in yeah. and the proceeding word the prophetic word for us is the season for the power to create wealth the proceeding word is the road mm. combine these two things to yes. get them right mm -hmm. now something special happens when the arguments are gone the reasoning is gone moses finally comes to a conclusion oh yeah, yeah god now i get it even by sending me it is still you all right yes in other words I was thinking that now you've done your part, I do mine. Mm, mm. Stop those conversations. Go let God do, God do his part, you do yours. There are no parts. Mm. You are a part of what God is doing. Yes. You yourself. So as you're doing, God is doing. Jesus said, I see my father do, therefore I, I do. Yes. What is he telling you? What you see me doing, my father is doing. Mm. Therefore it is my father doing. Exactly. Mm. So look at what happens when the dynamic change hits Moses. Now Moses... This is Exodus 4, 19 to 20, yeah? Yes. Now the Lord said to Moses in, Mid in Midian, Go, return to Egypt, for all the men who sought your life are dead. Then Moses took his wife and his sons and set them on a donkey, and he returned to the land of Egypt. And Moses took the rod of God in his hand. There are two very powerful things that happen when you lock into the reality mm -hmm. that the rod that God has placed in you is his. The first thing that happens is that God now tells Moses something, and I always say this, yeah. if God had wanted or if God operates the way we like, this is what he should have told Moses when the conversation started. Mm. He didn't tell him until the end, when Moses was now clear, those who sought your life are dead. Are dead. Do you think that would be the best place to start? He should have to come. By then, what I'm telling you, those guys are dead. So, you... so now I want you to go. Okay. He didn't tell him that. It is mm. when you come to the fullness of the rod, activating, accepting, knowing, and receiving it, that your history becomes relevant. Mm. So when, you, when God tells Moses, those who sought your life, yes. in our day, what does that mean? How it would you interpret that? Everything that tried to take life out of you, okay. every situation, Every interaction mm. that attempted to make your life miserable, mm. that caused you grief, that brought you down. You know the things you say, if I had, I would have. Mm. All those things, that the things you're running from, Moses, the people you're afraid are trying to kill you, anything that is trying to take away your life is now dead. dead. Any failure, any mistake, any oppressor, any enemy that, that does not want progress in your life, dies when the rod is activated. Hmm. That is powerful. That was the first thing. The second thing is that suddenly Moses takes off with a new assignment in his head. Okay. And Moses set off 
with the rod of God in his, in hands. his hands. Listen. Listen and listen well. As my family would say, listen. <laughs> listen well. The min moment you stop trying to find out your rod and start understanding you're finding out God's rod in you, something changes. It's not just, we call it my rod. It is Moses' rod. But in truth, is it? It is God's rod. Moses took the, the rod, rod of, God. of God in his hands. So, listen. Even though it is the rod of God, what does that mean? Its source of power is, is God. God. It can only produce power in your hand. Mm. Mm. I'll say that again. Even though it is the yeah. rod of God, it will only release power when it is in your hand. So God says, <laughs> I will give you the power to produce wealth. Let me put it this way. I will produce wealth mm. through the power that I put in your hands. So that thing we are calling the rod, when I come and say this for us, yes. now I give you an example, yes. this is our rod. Yes. Okay. This becomes the rod of God in, in our, our hands. hands. So in this place, God releases power to produce wealth. Now you ask yourself, now if your work is to preach and you're preaching, I'm just using the language you use. Now if you're just preaching, having conversations on Wednesdays and Sundays, yes. show us how God will use that huh. to produce power. Yes. God tells you this, whenever you operate in your road, he will cause everything required in the nations to make sure this happens. Yes. To make sure this goes on. So we come to a place of saying, wait a minute, this is the road of God. Yes. In our hands. Yes. So we do not sweat. Now you understand our statement mm. when we say that we are here not because men sent us, but God sent us and we are doing it with joy because now we know it is not about us. You see, God. you see, there's a statement you've made, and, and, and somehow it leaped up at me that it's so powerful that when you hear God, some of your perspectives change. Okay. Like you said, somebody may ask, show us how, mm. okay? Doing this will produce everything that you need. And this is what I say, no, watch how. You realize it's not us to show. Yes. It's God to do. So you are on uh, somebody watching. Yeah, just like, wow. See, watch like God do it. Mm -hmm. Don't ask me to explain how he will do it. It's like asking Moses, now that you're carrying the rod, mm. what is the next face of the rod? Moses had no clue. What he knew. Do you know God only showed him one miracle of the rod? Put it on the ground. After that, he's carrying the power. Moses, God didn't tell Moses, let me give you a, a cheat sheet. When you arrive, day this one. This is what you do. Water, blood. <laughs> day three. It was at every point, because this is connected to my design, mm. it will do what it needs to do. And that is what you tell people when you say this is what God is showing you as you. I mean, like your eyes have been opened every day to understand what is your rod. And we say, start, mm. step out. Don't sit down and say, okay, Lord, tell me How next will I year, use this? this time, what will I be seen? If I mm. look back, what will I see? Give, give me a picture. Yes. God tells you, listen, when you believe it is his rod in your hand, step out. Just make that step and watch things happen. And yes. there is a power statement we walk. I mean, this is, a, this is some of the things we really, yeah. um, that really give, give us strength to mm. keep going. Mm. Is when a statement we always make that when you are walking with God, everything you need will come. Yes. I don't know how to explain that or what words to use. Yeah, I, I had a conversation with somebody today and I could understand where they were. Yeah. In the context of now, they're trying to work out this whole road thing and get to the how do I fully function, guys, 
stop. The rod is not a formula. It is not something, and, and we've been there before. So let me help, because I think it's not one person asking. That's where everybody or a lot of people may be. The rod works this way. Moses has seen the rod become a snake. All right? Now, Andrew, you go and read something very strange. He goes to his father-in-law, and he doesn't tell him, God has given me a rod. This rod has power. Can I show you a snake? I am now going to deal with those Egyptians. <laughs> it is He's funny going. what he says. Mm -hmm. He says, please allow me to go check the state of my brethren in Egypt. Interesting. He's not coming with you. Didn't no, tell, you didn't tell you his father-in-law because what the rod is not functional in Jethro's mm. home. Yes. So, yeah, so what is Moses doing? Mm -hmm. The next thing we see is getting on a donkey. Getting on a donkey is, is operating the rod. There's a journey to Egypt where the rod will manifest. Mm -hmm. So stop working out Egypt now. Get on the donkey. Mm. Start. Get on the Start. Donkey. And you can Go. only do that if you're found seated under your vine, connected to God, trusting him, yes. telling him, open my eyes every day so that I know what step to take. Trust in him when he gives you the first step. Trust in him that if I take this one step, it will open to the next and the next and the next. And you know what? Every time you get one step, it gives you confidence to yep. take the next. That's Therefore, it. we say, step out. Yep. May you be found seated under your, fig, uh, under your vine and may your vine, may your fig tree, Produce, Produce and blossom. Oh, yes. Yes. This is where we say keep it kingdom. Keep it pure. Keep it pure. God bless you.